The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So for those of you who weren't here for the earlier first part talk, uh, the theme of the day, for the talks at least, is that uh, attention is not a singular thing, but that there are many different forms of attention that operate for human beings, and that uh, to be a skilled mindfulness practitioner, it helps to be able to recognize and know the different forms of attention and in knowing so, know what form might be needed at any given time. And um, so people, who, when they first get introduced to meditation, you know, they don't really need to know much about the different forms of attention. They just need to not wander off and come back. And whatever attention we have, we can use to stay present, come back, might be good enough for the beginning. But as practice deepens, um, then and we're able to begin to maybe to stay a little bit more with the experience of the moment. Then we, uh, it's useful to know that there's actually multiple ways that we can be and that different situations call on different ways of being with the different kinds of attention. And so I made the distinction earlier between uh, uh, passive attention and active attention. And I said that the passive is maybe an unfortunate choice of words, maybe receptive is better. Um, but, um, uh, or maybe instead of uh, passive or receptive, maybe just the natural functioning without any self-conscious willing of something. Maybe it's unintentional, kind of, in a certain kind of way, unwilled attention as opposed to willed attention. Uh, if um, there's a loud sound outside, maybe a nice sound, and you're not trying to listen to it, but it goes through your ears and you hear it, you know, it's just the natural functioning of of hearing operates, but you're not actively listening. You're just you're hearing. But if I say there's a really subtle sound, someplace coming from somewhere in the room here, and can everyone please listen to that very little whatever it is? Um, everyone's going to kind of direct, uh, maybe direct your attention to actively listen. Try to tune in. What in the world is Gil talking about? And um, and so there's a. It's active that way. So there's active and there's what's not so active or what's allowed or something. And that uh, sometimes we wanted to use the more active parts of attention. And I, I, I talked about uh, the act of knowing, act of recognition, clear comprehension, which can, might be more active. Like, okay, let's, let's see what's here. Let's recognize what's here in the moment. And that recognition keeps us in the present. It's some, for some people, it's an anchor to the present. And some things really, it helps to know them and to recognize them and distinguish, you know, what's actually happening versus everything being a vague, you know, buzz of things happening. And then, um, but then also there's uh, something which uh, I talked about, which can be kind of between or can straddle both sides of something more active and passive. And that is observation. We have the ability to observe and we can observe actively and really look, and we can, um, uh, you know, actively look, 
where we can observe and just allow the seeing to happen. And sometimes uh, being apart from the experience, having some distance from whatever we're paying attention to, uh, and observing it or perceiving it in the mind's eye, uh, that distance uh, can be very helpful so we don't over-identify with it, don't overly engage or entangled with it. And, um, and so we're not kind of, maybe we learn that observation just to let it be there and not for us to interfere with it or come to conclusions about it. We kind of rest. And some people find it very restful to lean back kind of against the tree or something and just watch reality kind of occur, go by. And that can be very helpful. So sometimes we want to be active. Sometimes it's more, you know, observing and choosing how to observe, whether we try to observe really close or observe something from far away. We can kind of, you know, part of this thing about attention and awareness is a quite a fluid thing, what it actually is. Um, I'll say that uh, I'm very fond of telling people that I don't know what mindfulness is. You know, I'm a mindfulness teacher. I've been doing this for a very long time. And it's true, I don't really know what it is. Uh, but I seem to know good enough, well enough. Uh, and I don't know what awareness is either. But uh, that's the medium in which my practice unfolds. It's like uh, it's most, one of the most important things of my life is awareness. But I don't exactly know what it is. And partly for that's because it's, it's kind of amorphous what it is. It's kind of like water that takes whatever shape of the container it gets poured into. Awareness is kind of a little bit like water and it takes different shapes, different forms, different ways in which it comes together and different ways in which it's imagined. Because the mind is constructive, it constructs kind of an imaginary idea of what the awareness is. And so it kind of is fluid. And so this idea that you can kind of let your observing sense be close to an experience, really intimate, or be not so in me, far away, is sometimes an option we can play with. And some people find that very helpful to choose how close or far away they are, how spacious, how open awareness is. The awareness going to keep it really wide and open. And that's, you know, makes it very receptive. Like the, your mind is just like an open window and everything just kind of goes through. Other times, what's really nice is to have a pinpoint laser focus <laughs> that uh, just kind of zero in and just really look at it. But, you know, there are different ways of being attentive. What I wanted to mention uh, at this point in the day is that uh, in one form of attention, that uh, one way and choice for practitioners of how to be attentive is to, uh, is to be aware <coughs> through sensing, using uh, sensing, feeling, and maybe you can use the word experiencing. So observing, you're a little bit apart from the experience. Recognition and clear knowing, maybe it could, could be said sometimes it's a little bit more in the head to do that. It's a little bit more mental to do that. It's useful at times, but, uh, to, but to be in the experience and to sense it, to feel what's going on, so you would put yourself, your awareness, right in the middle of something, a physical experience, an emotional experience, and put it right in the middle in the body. Like I imagine there's a chair waiting for you in the middle of your anger. And you sit in the middle of it and feel what that's like. Sense the experience. 
or if there's physical pain, or if there's physical delight or pleasure. Same thing, you might go and kind of imagine or have awareness, tune in to right in the middle of it. So you're in there feeling and sensing, allowing the sensing of it to come alive for you in full. And, uh, you know, if you put your attention in any part of your body, like put it in your hand, and really sense what's there, a whole array of sensations would become evident that probably you wouldn't if you weren't paying attention to your hand. You're ignoring it and listening to it, doing something else. And, and uh, the, the hand becomes alive with tingling and vibrating and pulsing and temperature differences. And, you know, all kinds of things can come alive if you're sensing it. So there's a very rich world of sensations that exist for us. And an important part of mindfulness practice it, at the right time is to sense the experience, be in the middle of the experience and make space for it to be there by fe- the felt sense of the experience. And it might be more important than knowing it, more important than recognizing it, more important than observing it, by being in the middle of it and sensing it and let it kind of unfold and show itself to you from the inside out, sensing one of the interesting aspects of sensing uh, is that um, uh, there's a non-dual relationship between the sensation and the sensing. Uh, that uh, the capacity to sense something, to see, to perceive, to smell, to hear, and the act of hearing, the act of smelling, the act of touch, you know, feeling the physical sensations, that they don't, you know, sensing and the sensations are not two different things. They kind of arise together. The sensing is more subjective. The sensation maybe is a little more objective, but it's kind of fascinating that they they come together in this non-dual way. And to be really feeling and sensing that kind of that non-dual place within the body, just being and allowing and letting it have its life. Um, is a very powerful way of practicing. So we have uh, this capacity to feel what's going on. And there are times that that's the primary medium through which my practice is unfolding or there's any situations happening. I'll tune in. How does this feel in my body? Uh, what's going on? I'm in a, some kind of situation and what does that feel like? What's this, what are the sensations happening here? What's happening in my belly and my chest and what's happening with my temperature variations in my body or the tensions in my body, the like, sensing the musculature, the subtle little uh, tightening and loosening of the muscles and, as I go through the situation. Even if you go down a, a street on a kind of sunny day, maybe, and if you're really tuning in to how things feel, you might sense in your body how your body sensations shift from being in the sun to being in the shade. Just that little shift, something might shift inside. Or not so subtle things might happen if you're walking down the sidewalk and, um, and the neighbor, neighborhood dog runs out towards you. There's a lot of different sensations that would arise maybe. And so you can f- sense and feel this rich world. Part of the advantages of that is that it gives us a lot more information and often useful information to understand ourselves, to understand what's going on around us, 
sometimes some of the most important cues about what's happening in the world will come through the sensations that are arising in our body. And so we have, if we allow ourselves to sense and feel, we have just much more information to build our understanding with. And also some people find it easier to be present if they're really in the experience itself. Any attempt to be apart from it or to know it just seems like it's too distant, it's too forced, it's too something. And, um, and so th- this idea of sensing. So, th- so sensing experience is another form of attention. And uh, so the idea that I'm trying to convey, that's, maybe I said a little bit better this morning, is that um, there are many different ways to be attentive. And as we learn the different ways that we have, that we have some degree of choice about which one to use at any given time. And, um, and as we kind of keep using these different ways of attention, we become wiser and more skilled about what's needed at any given time. And so we can call on the right one, or the best one, the most useful one. If we only have one idea of what mindfulness is, and, um, and then it might be useful in some occasions, but not in other occasions. Or it might be useful all the time in some way, but it's not, it doesn't really help us be connected to the richness of the f- fullness or all the different aspects of what's happening in the present moment. And um, so we see, partly what I'm basing this talk on, this idea, this theme for today, is in this ancient teachings of the Buddha, you see that he actually refers to different kinds of attention uh, when he gives instruction, different kinds of instructions for how to practice. And so, uh, you know, this is not some, you know, newfangled idea. Um, one of the newfangled ideas that, uh, about the different kinds of awareness that uh, Dharma teachers now are talking about that the Buddha never did was talking about proprioception. Proprioception is a whole form of awareness in itself. And, um, and so that also comes into play and operates. And, but we don't find that referred to in the suttas. So there's probably other ways. We're learning all kinds, you know, modern, modern physiology is learning all kinds of other ways in which uh, we take in data, we take in stimulus, uh, st- uh, information gets released, you know, it's processed and all this stuff. So um, maybe it's a good time to evoke our capacity for sensing, feeling, the felt sense experience in our body just before supper. So that as you have supper, uh, you might enjoy this and enjoy it more fully, experience it more. And, and, um, or, or if you use the idea of sensing your food and you're eating more, Maybe you don't sense more, but you understand much better how much you get caught in your thoughts, how more you're separated from it all, which is good to know too. So uh, we're very fortunate that uh, Jessica Escobedo has made a wonderful meal for all of us for this day. And uh, it's a wonderful part of these day-long, intense day-longs that the community comes forward and makes these offerings to the practitioners here. And a, with the idea of supporting you and encouraging you and all that, and uh, and Hillary uh, Borson has been helping quite a bit. She helped with breakfast and 
And um, so if you're staying, you know, please stay for supper. And, and um, the, the people who know how to do it will set up the tables and the chairs in the outer hall. And, and if some of you at the end can help with the cleanup of it all, including sweeping the hall out there, that would be great. And, um, and it might also be a particularly good time at the end of this coming break to uh, clean the bathrooms. Uh, because the, at the end of all the day longs, we want to do it. And then we'll come back. Uh, be, there's a sitting in here again at 6.20. And then um, two sits and a walk. And I'll give a Dharma talk. It says here on the schedule, 8.15 to 9. But I can't imagine I'm going to talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's probably appropriate to have it a little bit shorter and, and to go home. So we'll see how that goes. So thank you so much. <laughs>